0: Good morning. It is Tuesday. It's February 15th. Hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day. It's another beautiful morning in, in uh, Reading. And uh, I see here in my office today and we're going to continue our devotion this week, this week um, on the Gospel of Luke, the 6th chapter, verses 27 to 36. Hope you read the text yesterday. And uh, if you haven't, um, take a gander at it the, this morning uh, when we're done. Um, so... Um, we ended up yesterday with this short line. It is one thing not to hear God speak. It is quite another to hear Him and not listen or not to obey. So the 16th century Protestant reformer Martin Luther and also John Calvin, after recovering the gospel of grace, sought to define what relevance there is left in the law and the commandments of the Bible for us who are saved by grace. They came to the conclusion that the commandments still have three functions, three, um, vital tasks in the life of a Christian. So the first is simply to remain, uh, maintain that is the law and order in society. God's law defines what is ethically right and wrong. And in a Christian society, that should be reflected in the law and order of the country. Fear of shame and punishment will make many people abide by the rules. That's number one. The second is to function as a kind of mirror. When we we look at the Bible's rules for good and godly living, and then we look at our own lives, we see how far sin has removed us from what we were created to be. The law makes us painfully aware of our sinfulness and our inadequacies. When's the last time you you, you looked in the mirror? Most of us look in the mirror every day. But When's the last time you looked in the mirror and, and maybe you saw who you really are? And then the third task of the law um, and the commandments is to serve as a guide for God-centered living. The, the, the law... And commandments reveal to us what kind of life is pleasing to God. And so Calvin points out to us, born-again Christians in whom the Spirit of God dwells, the desire to please God leads us to inquire into the will of God and live by it. Now, to a large extent, we feel comfortable about this. When it is a matter of ethical distinction between right and wrong, we are ready to apply the law in our day-to-day lives. Give and take some exceptions. But when Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount and on the plain, we get into big problems. Jesus tells his audience, those who want to hear it, that their righteousness should go further than staying on the safe side of the fence. The question is no longer about ethical right and wrong. Jesus speaks about excelling and overflowing in righteousness. Going, if you will, the extra mile. Pursuing a Christian life of total, total self-sacrifice. And that is where we like to say, here Jesus gives us an ideal of what Christian likeness could be in the extreme. You could say that he describes what he himself would do. But so we like to believe, this is not Jesus' actual command to us. He just wants us to show us how far sin has removed us from the ideal humanity the way God originally created us. So, what we find ourselves doing is this. When commands sound reasonable and attainable, such as, don't steal, don't kill, we say, yes, this is God's commandment to us. We must obey. But when we feel Jesus is too radical and too extreme, we turn around and say, here Jesus is describing himself, the perfect man, living the perfect life. But we should be cautious to apply this to our own lives. It is not possible. And therefore, it is not possible either that Jesus would demand such things from us. After all, if we let ourselves be used and abused by others as a doormat to be walked over, that cannot be right. That cannot be Jesus' intention. Surely we are called to be self-defensive and to stand up for our rights. And as you and I reflect on Jesus' teaching this way, modern psychology comes to our aid. It stresses the importance of rising up for our rights and not letting ourselves be trampled over or abused. Political history comes to our aid as well. It shows how revolutions have been more effective when they have actively and forcibly fully resisted abuse and discrimination rather than passively ignoring them. Jesus, in turn, ignores modern psychology, as well as political history. In the opening words of the Sermon on the Plain, he calls blessed those who are oppressed and abused and hated and persecuted. Why? Because they will receive compensation many times over in the kingdom of God. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. When standing trial before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight. So there is no way around it. These words are to be taken serious. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, too often I try to make it my laws, my rules that better apply to me and Jesus's rules, God's law. Help me to better follow the laws as laid down by God, the laws that were kept perfectly by Jesus. And I thank you for that, because He takes over where I can't, and gives me the gift of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give some thought to the three parts of the law: curb, mirror. And roll um, and roll, and, and just, yeah, you know, apply that to your life, and, and and see where that takes you today. And maybe talk to somebody about that. Maybe maybe replay this thing, take some notes of this devotion this morning, and and share it with somebody else and talk to them about it. And let them go back and forth. Yeah. And, of course, maybe you need to ask, why are you bringing Calvin into this situation? Because it's important. So go in peace. Serve the Lord today. Think of ways that you can bless others. Smile. Joy. And know, God loves you. We'll continue this tomorrow. Go in peace.